if you look at group dynamics and the research around that, if the founding team is a high-performing team, the first recruitment in uh, might put the new team to a lower efficiency level than the former. But that is not something that you calculate on if you sit financially and calculate employees. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast with Sujay, a source of inspiration for business developers. By listening to this podcast, you may gain some ideas, inspirations or food for thought towards your own journey of developing your business successfully, now or in the near future. Thanks to each one of you who liked the previous episode with Adam Webb, wherein we focused on creating business with purpose. Businesses need to look beyond only profit for the shareholders. People and planet need to be also brought into the equation, along with profit. In today's episode, we bring focus on people. Business is all about people. And when businesses focus on growth of its people, then the growth of business comes. In this episode, we also bring up topics at the intersection of sports and business and the learnings that can be drawn into business from the sports domain. To enable me in doing that, I'm excited to invite Anders Ingves, who brings in rich and diverse experience as a business leader since 35 plus years across multiple industries and multiple countries. So without further ado, please join me in inviting our guest for today, Anders Ingves. Hello Anders, welcome to the Business Developer Podcast, a source of inspiration for business developers. Thanks for taking our time, Anders, to join this episode to support the community of business developers. Thank you, Sujai. And I'm really happy to be invited. And I think it's really good of you to, to gather us leaders for talks about development and growth. Great, Anders. Thanks a lot. It's my pleasure to have you in this episode of the Business Developer Podcast. So, Anders, to get started, can you please help our listeners to learn about you by sharing the story of your life? Well, I can try. Preparing for, for our talk, the hardest part was or is really to take away things. So I try to be very straight on. I'm a, a leader since 35 years back. I have been in management positions in Norway, Sweden, Finland, and... Uh, I have been working in a lot of different industries. So I have been working in shipping, banking, advertising, online gambling. So I have been moving around. And uh, what I really have taken with me from all these different industries is that it's all about people and it's all about having a focus on how can we release the potential in the employees so that the company grow? That's great. You have a, such a long, diverse experience and journey across different countries, you said, and different industries. And you talked about it is all about people. Yeah. So in this common thread of your experience, Anders, what are the top priorities of a leader along with the people? How to make it happen? To continue leading the business and 
bring profitable growth in the business. Yeah, as you understand, have been in management position for 35 or it might even be more. Change was a fashionable word of the 80s and 90s. Today, I don't believe in change. I believe in transformation. I believe more that we actually are on a journey. And uh, when you look at your company as a vehicle that is set on a journey, then you will see that there is no changes. It's adjustments of direction. It's new insights that you put into actions and so on. So that's one of the things that I believe is essential if you look back to the 80s, 90s, and now 2020. I also think it's uh, pretty fun uh, when I was thinking back in the history, early 80s in Oslo at Stenaline where I was working, a deck wax mini computer was moved in and uh, that was a huge development. And uh, since then, all of us in my age group has been transforming almost year by year into a technical environment that in some cases locks out the human aspects and perspectives. And in some, as I said earlier, we see even more extremely important the human aspect or the people are. That's certainly important. Business is also about the numbers and the quantifying part and the human aspects become so much unquantifiable, like qualitative. How does these two interplay with each other in your experience? And does any thoughts towards that? If we only move back 10 years from today, talking about not having result goals or targets was almost unthinkable. Right. And uh, when I introduced it in the online gambling company that I was CEO of, and we transformed this into rolling forecast instead of budgets, the reason for it was to build faster knowledge cycles or improvement cycles or insight cycles. So we put the KPIs mainly on how fast we could evolve instead of how good the result should be. And when you refocus on people growth, the company's growth, it will come. And uh, what I say is not that financial is not important, but it's not the driver. It's only the result. Yeah, that's true. What is the means and what is the end? That clarity is very much important, right? One way to think at the end is the results and the numbers and profitable growth and people are the means to achieve it, right? Yeah. And as you know, instant rewards are extremely important for us to perform at our best. And if we have long financial goals or targets, 
it's so easy not to have your weekly or daily victories. And instant rewards is about feeling victorious very, very often. And a lot of my leadership comes from the intersection between business and sports. And in sports, you practice a lot more than in business. And you have very, very clear situations where you can get your really valid victories. But in practice, uh, you also put in instant rewards. You do the repetition more. You, you lower your running time and so on. Yeah. And this is something that we tend to. And with that, I mean a lot of companies tend to have two long cycles for creating the rewards. Yeah, that's true. It has been all about annual performance review, right? But it has to be instant. But before we go in the direction, you mentioned about sports. I am very curious to learn if you can take our listeners to your experience. What have you done in the sports domain, Anders? Yeah, well, I shared two small stories with you. Once upon a time, I was uh, trying to become an Olympic in archery. Wow. And uh, I didn't succeed. Uh, (laughs) um, But I think that is probably the most, uh, not rewarding, but the most um, strong push for me to grow. Because I had to, to see what stopped me. Okay. So that was really important and um, now lately in uh, from 2012 me and my at that time deputy ceo wanted to try modern leadership thinking group dynamics and so on uh, on a a top uh, football team in the finnish premier league and they were curious enough and also courageous, so they let us in and it took three years and then they won the Finnish Cup and they won the Finnish Premier League the year after. And that was really a combination of group dynamic thinking and uh, how to help individuals in a team to perform at their best. Wow, so many important learnings. But if you can take back to your journey of trying to be an Olympian in archery, and if I can say archery, so you have been very much goal-focused, target-focused for that. Even though you did not succeed, you said it was um, uh, you had made the most strongest push to grow. And uh, we all human beings and businesses need to take a lot of learnings from such moments where we try but do not succeed. What learnings you would have taken from that experience journey and us? The main learning I, I have brought with me is that you have to work on the, the mental aspects all the time to improve. Okay. And I can see also how it has formed my interest in human behavior and the flow research that has really exploded the last 10 years. And can you take us a little bit specific on what mental behavior you could have changed looking back in that experience journey of trying to be an Olympian? Anything specific you can call out? 
I probably performed the best I could as an archer. <laughs> but it wasn't good enough to become an Olympic. That is really a, a mental aspect to understand that dreams, the dream of becoming an Olympic or the dream of my startup should conquer the world, that is important because it delivers so much energy. But during the journey, even if you learn and you improve, one point you have to see, have I reached my full potential and how far has it taken me? So I refocused and instead of continuing trying to fulfill a dream that was not, I wasn't good enough for it. And then I reframed into a coach and started to coach Paralympic archers instead in Norway and also regular. So it's always a reframing and how can you use what you have learned into another area. That's one mental aspect. And I think it was really, really interesting how you framed archery as you have been very, very target-focused. If you want to shoot really, really well, you can't aim at one target. You have to think through the target and beyond. <laughs> That's interesting. And that is also, you can see a lot in business today where you talk about purpose-driven and uh, you talk about focus on the direction and create your vision out of the direction that the company should go, help employees to create the path in that direction. So I see similarities. Yeah, certainly there are. That's why I wanted to a little bit delve deeper. Many aspects of life are similar to another aspect. So if I can bring back on your archery world, you talked about the dream. The dream is very much important to give the energy and again, making similarities with the startup world, as you said. But then the rubber needs to hit the road. You need to get on and you did that with that dream. You started practicing for that to become an Olympian, right? And that's when, unless you be on the journey, be on that road, you then do not know to what extent you can go to. It's extremely few people that becomes the best in the world. Yeah. And leadership can help a lot of people being their best. Yes. And uh, that's really what leadership is all about. Yeah. Also, one person's best is probably not a set point. True. It's a moving target or moving point because every day when we strive to be our best, we practice and we learn and we get new insights. So tomorrow, the point of where I can be my best has moved a little bit. And, and I think this is really, really important. And you have probably also read or listened to Carolyn Dweck and Growth Mindset Thinking. And I think that is, is also a very important part of modern leadership where we create collaboration and co-creation and so on. That is to help people to strive for and understand that li life is a, a learning journey. Uh, so 
the word journey is very important for me because it shows that we start, but usually when we are out on a journey, we don't stop. Yeah, we might have a short stop and then we continue to the next next destination and the next destination. That's important. Yeah, that's important, certainly. But I will then like to bring up the challenge part of it, given it is so important for but business developer, for business leaders. Now, when we talk about people, there are so many people within the organization. As the journey of the company grows from one person, two person, 10, 50, and for every person who joins that journey, everybody then has a different aspects to it, very much individual, right? To what potential they can achieve, what are their dreams, what are their goals. Yeah. How could then the business leaders work through that to make it happen? Because there are so many data points, so many people, each having their own motivations, own potentials. How do you put it together to bring in synergy to extend that journey of the company as a whole, which needs to also have its own purpose? As you said, focus on the direction and create a vision on the direction. How can that come together? And I feel it's very challenging, right? Yeah, so do I. But first, I think we are trying to build a myth today that the young people are so much more individual uh, than the people where in the same age in the 70s or 80s or 90s mm-hmm. and and that is um, is building a hinder that's not necessary because if you have a team and you can call that team your company if you don't have some set rules uh, some set expectations to be a member of this team, we expect that you deliver or behave or talk. If you don't have those expectations, then you can never give a feedback that is really relevant. So the culture in the company that is really built by this framing in this company this is important for us to reach the purpose. And then you can give autonomy to individuals to perform in that frame. And this, this is something I was talking a lot about in the 90s, around roles, interpretations of roles. And the role might be set but the interpretation is individual. Okay. And there has been a lot of focus on culture. And I think the focus on culture is really a strategic decision. It's not instead of strategy, but the focus of culture is a strategic decision to make an environment for people to grow and deliver on the direction that the 
owners or the founders of the company has set. Right. If I can say so, culture then becomes the fabric of the organization. Or if you can, if you think from an art thing, you give that frame, which is the culture of the organization, and then individuals can paint their own picture in the frame. That's where you can give them that independence to do it, right? Just trying to bring an analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And three, four years ago, a very, very brave, small company contacted me. There were four employees. And they had gotten their financing for rollout and growth. Okay. And they, they had a vision that they would grow pretty rapidly. And we sat down and talked. And I said, in most cases, startup or young companies die not because of lack of finance, but because of that the performance of the growing team goes down with each really ambitious individual coming in. Uh, So then we sat down and we created a culture that would, and in this culture, culture and working processes that would handle 200 employees. There were four. So they built their path from four to 200 in advance so that they could act accordingly. And they set the core of the culture out of the founders' beliefs for success. And it took six months and they were 50. And uh, today they are close to 200. And they had been able to more or less follow the path, they have made their adjustments and so on. And this is very rare that you really go in and build the core of the culture and then you start to recruit ambitious people into that culture. Yeah, I think that's a key part. And I believe that is one of the pitfalls many business developers, startups or anything goes through that because the focus is very much on business, as you said, on performance, growing fast without building up that fabric of culture where individuals can come in and perform, right? And I really love that when you said that's one of the counterintuitive point that if you do not do it, a new person comes in, a super ambitious person joins the team, actually with that individual coming in, it impacts the performance of the company negatively if you do not have that fabric of culture already laid down, looking much further ahead, right, Anders? Yeah. Great that you brought up the point of pitfalls. Do you see, and from your intensive experience, do you see any other pitfalls that business developers should warn themselves and keep that in their back of the mind so that they can make their businesses successful and not a failure? Any other pitfalls you could bring up, Anders? I think it's extremely important to focus on the human resources department. I think it, it might even be more important to take in a human resource person before the CFO or the financial person. And um, that kind of turns a little bit the knowledge or the truth how you build a company. Uh, But I think the human resource 
is important and mainly because when you start recruiting, every new person in will affect the group dynamic in the company. When you go from four or five up to 10, you're one team. When you go from 10 to 20, should you continue being one team? Or should you uh, build new separate teams? And, and here, there is a lot of uh, research. There is a skill area. There is really, really skillful people out there. Uh, but usually they are brought in too late. When companies has got started to get problems, they make their financial plans uh, out of more or less linear addition for each recruitment. But if you if you look at group dynamics and the research around that. If the founding team is a high-performing team, the first recruitment in might put the new team to a lower efficiency level than the former. But that is not something that you calculate on if you sit financially and calculate employees. Yeah, and that is so much counterintuitive also, right? Yeah. Normally you feel, okay, this team, you add another higher performance team, a stronger person, you will add to the team, but it's so counterintuitive and I'm really fascinated by the thought that you shared. With that, I would like to maybe focus on another key aspect, the topic of perfection, Anders, and why I want to discuss and bring it up with you because you have been working to become an Olympian in archery and I believe a person in sports needs to always strive for perfection, right? And be the perfect, be the best to be an Olympian, as you said. But if you then translate it to the business domain, what's your thoughts about perfection? Should businesses have a high level of tolerance for imperfection or a low level? Really excited to hear your views on that, Anders. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely question. And um, first, uh, when you look into the top athletes, I don't think they seek perfection. They seek improvement. How can I become better? And that is something that most athletes go into the daily practices with. How can I become better? And this is also again, back to growth mindset and Carolyn Dweck, perfection, you need to have a picture of what is perfect. And that is really a set goal. While if you work with always improvement, a growing perspective, then you don't, you don't even want this set goal. And that is, again, with your words, counter, a counter perspective. So I think the focus on perfect doesn't deliver the focus on growth. How can we be better? How can we do this more effectively? How can we learn? How can we go out with a product to the customers and learn and then improve it and then improve it? That is a much more 
efficient way to go. Well said, Anders. Thank you. And I truly believe in that. Whatever situation we are in is not perfect. And since it is not perfect, that means it can be improved upon, and thereby we are on a continuous improvement journey. Totally aligned. Thank you, Anders, for sharing that. I would then love to get to the other topic. Throughout this discussion, we are talking about lot of learning, right? Learning from your experience of being in sports, learning from your experience of helping the Finnish team to win the Finnish Cup by bringing in group dynamics. So much learning, but. we also spoke about counters if you can take a counter view and go to unlearning anders what's your thoughts and views of unlearning and in your personal life professional life sports life have you experienced moments of unlearning your thoughts on that <laughs> absolutely i think it's a very very common and present learning that is unlearning i sat in a A mentoring talk uh, the other day, and the mentoree said, "Yeah, now I tried what we decided last week, and it's so exhausting." So then I asked asked the mentoree, "Why is it exhausting?" And then she, she, the mentoree said, "Well." I think it's because it's something new, so it takes a lot of energy to learn it, but it also a lot of hinders because the way I used to do it. So a, a lot of new behaviors <laughs> uh, takes the place for old behaviors. So learning is always unlearning. But I will also give you some. Uh, really, really clear examples. In the '90s, when I was working with advertising, uh, there were a, a way of attacking uh, communication challenges, and in short, it called AIDA, mm -hmm. which is you will build attention in your target group, and then you build interest, and then you build desire, and then you want them to do something. So action, and we were looking into the cruise market on the Baltic, so Viking Line and Celia Line, and so on. And in this move from attention to action, if you look into the target group, it will always be fewer. So you can get attention of now. I just to make it a clear picture of hundred percent. Out of those hundred percent, there will only be maybe seventy that's interested, and thirty that has the desire, and ten that buys. And then suddenly we saw, connected to one of the the brands, that the desire was higher than the interest. Okay, that was totally. Unexpected, and it wasn't possible out of the theory. Mm -hmm. So then I and we just had to unlearn, take away the AIDA, and start to investigate buying behaviors and desire be behaviors out of an other map. So that that's what a very very clear need for unlearning. True, and this is the other example. 
the first Scrum meeting I attended, then I was a CEO of the company and I was interested in understanding Scrum. And I saw this storyline with all the post-it notes. And the first member of the team went up to the table and took one post-it note and said, this is what I will be doing today. It will take about four hours and so on. And the wow factor for me, when I could see developers taking their task and putting it under their name and saying, this is what I will be doing today. That moved my thinking away from long plans and so on. And it really opened up the door for agile working. So that was also a clear unlearning experience. True. Thanks a lot, Anders, for sharing those insightful experiences. You shared so many points and views, very much interesting. And I'm sure some of our listeners would like to contact and connect with you to take the discussion forward. So if you do not mind, can you share how the listeners could get in touch with you, Anders? Yeah. Uh, First, I share my email address and that's my name. So it's Anders at Ingves.com. You can find me at LinkedIn also. You can find me at Twitter. Sure. Thank you, Anders, for coming here and joining this episode of the Business Developer Podcast. It was really an exciting and learning experience and some unlearning experience also for me. Thank you for today, Anders. Thank you. Take care. Have a nice day ahead. Bye-bye. Bye. Treat business as a journey. Focus on the direction of the journey and create your vision for the business out of that direction. Help your people to create their own path in that direction. Business leaders help their people to be their best. Also, one person's best is not a set point. It's a moving one. Every day, we strive to be our best. We practice, we learn, we unlearn, and we get new insights. So tomorrow, the point where I can be at my best has moved a little bit. These are some of the learnings I have taken from this episode. How about you? Hope this episode helps you to draw your own learnings and keep improving in developing your business. Do give me a high five if you like this episode. I would also love to hear your feedback and suggestions for improvement. You have multiple channels to do so. On LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram or email me directly. My contact information is provided in the episode notes. That's it for now. See you again in the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast. Stay happy, healthy, curious to learn. And remember, business is all about people. Focus on helping people to be their best. And that's how you will achieve best for your business. Bye for now.